Hello, and welcome to this Reach Network podcast miniseries in honour of Black History Month. We'll be doing a three-part miniseries focused on Black joy, and we're going to talk more about what that is. But first, let me introduce today's participants. Firstly, I'm Belle Belinda Lati, and I'm Associate Director of Healthcare Research. And I'm joined by... I'm Decca, and I'm a semiotics consultant in the semiotics team, and we sit in the Advisory UK. Hi, everyone. My name is Wumi, and I am a Project Administrator in the Public Affairs team. Hi, everyone. I'm Ria, and I am a research executive here in the media and development team. Great. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. Um, So, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, we are going to be focusing on black joy. So, obviously, the first question we should tackle is, what is black joy? Um, Let me ask Ria first. Um, So I think the most accurate definition of black joy is anything that inspires or supports and uplifts black culture. Mm. Um, I also saw something written in um, a Vogue piece that talks about the, it's an alternative um, to the black narrative that ignores the realities of our collective pain. Um, So yeah, it's kind of flipping it on its head in a Mm. way. Mm. I like that actually. Mm. very poetic (laughs) (laughs) what do you think with me how would you describe so for me at the heart of at the heart of it for me black joy is about freedom it's about freedom to be like our true selves without apology without explanation it gives us the opportunity to express ourselves in different ways Mm. it allows us to not feel self-conscious about you know the decisions that we make that may come from our culture Mm. that's what for me black joy is mm. and it's a beautiful thing yeah preach <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's exactly it um this year our theme is time for change actions not words and just just like you were saying it's about changing the narrative and for me the the narrative is is multi-dimensional And though there's loads of work to do and loads of injustices out in the world, we need to begin to look at it holistically and what resistance and restoration actually looks like within our communities. Mm. So many things, themes that came up there. And I think sometimes we just have to even take a break and realise that even black joy, there are even themes of resistance that are linked to that. Um, And that's quite heavy to think about. Um, But I think freedom is probably a theme that's going to come up quite a lot. And, and the freedom to be ourselves, whatever that may look like. Okay, so why is black joy needed? Like, why is it even a thing? Why is there hashtag black joy? Because I'm sick and tired of the whole narrative being black trauma. Okay, all right, let's break that down. I'll, I'll, here's the thing. Um, a lot of our experiences and a lot of our history is defined by the trauma we've been through in the past mm-hmm. and what our you know earlier generations have experienced and you know immigrants coming to the UK having a masters and not being able to get a good job because they're black mm-hmm. and it's it's for me it's showing people that there's more to our heritage there's more to our culture than the trauma that we've experienced in the past mm-hmm. that's why for me it's so important both in and out of the workplace to be able to like express that you know, without any fear, without any 
without feeling like I have to defend myself mm. as to why, you know, I want to experience black joy. It's like almost they expect you mm. to have to be weighed down mm. by your black trauma. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's not me. Mm. I can't come and kill myself. <laughs> Honestly. But what we used to say, don't take paracetamol for someone else's headache. Just because you have that expectation of me that, you know, my black trauma will be all that I am. Like, it doesn't define me. Yeah. It's what I'm doing in the future that defines me. So I think then it's quite useful maybe to define what what, what does black trauma mean? So black trauma is just, is it's just basically racial trauma. Okay. It's like the, the like comprehensive and cumulative effects of racism, like mm. on individuals, mental and physical health. And I would actually also put emotional health in mm. it as well, mm-hmm. because it's, it can have such a toll on you. There's so many different parts of like black trauma that come from both inside and outside of your family that have such a toll on you um, emotionally. Mm. And you don't really realize it until you grow up and you're like, rah, I'm triggered by this. Mm. For example, it's, okay, so for example, growing up as an, an, an oldest daughter, as an oldest child, there was there was very much a, you know, you're the little madame of the house and you know, needs to take care of your siblings and you need to take care of the house and all. but that wasn't my job when I was younger it, it was never supposed I was supposed to be a child mm-hmm. and that really definitely it it had an effect on the way I do things now like mm-hmm. very much now it's very much a how I do things in the household has to be done the way I do it mm. because that's how my family taught me that you know this is your job and mm. you know when I was supposed to be a child playing you know doing hide and seek skin in my knees I was washing plates and bathing baby and all mm. sorts so what happens you know in your past does have such a huge toll on you mm-hmm. uh, mentally emotionally physically in the future I think they call it adultification mm-hmm. yeah of, mm-hmm. of children adultification yeah. where you know you're 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 made to feel like you're an adult when yeah. you're not yeah when you're supposed to be enjoying your childhood yeah especially for for black women oh god um, Deco, did you want to add anything to that? Um, yeah, and and just just to build off what you said, black trauma is so closely linked with um, racism and its effects. And when we boil it down, racism in, racism in itself is about the breaking of spirit. Mm. And why should we then have to re-traumatize ourselves and subscribe to the thing that white supremacy has already imposed on us? Joy is then equally as valid in terms of activism as anything else, because it's just another angle and another node to the continuum of change. So when we say why joy specifically, um, because we need to consistently remind ourselves that it's okay to be joyful despite all the things going on in the world. There is an element of guilt here also in expressing joy because when the opposite is constantly put before us, you almost feel like, oh, how can I be joyous in a time when there's so much going on? And I think for me, a really good example is before my role here, I was a freelancer and I would say my job and the, the projects I was working on really exploded. I've, I've always worked within culture and, and strategy. My job and my projects really went out. Like I, I was inundated with jobs in 2020. Mm. And it was really hard to, to say in such a terrible time that I'm not suffering, I'm doing well off the back of suffering. But in the same breath, there was that thing of why was I doing well because I had something to say on the subject something that before 2020 loads of people would be like oh can you yeah kind of to be fair sanitize it a little bit but suddenly nobody wanted the sanitized versions of the things I had to say suddenly everyone wanted the unfiltered versions of everything I had to say and 
it was really interesting. Um, by like November, that started to die down. Like mm. I couldn't even keep up with my LinkedIn messages. That's how intense it was. Every brand, every, like I was working with global brands, like as little me and it was insane. And it was really hard to kind of speak to how can I be profiting off of black trauma? And I really had to sit with myself and my dissonance in that and really understand that actually, no, joy is activism itself. And if me speaking on the things that I've learned helps and helps give us a voice and to also change the narrative and actually we know this has happened, but so now what? There has to be a next step. Do we just sit and discuss the trauma or do we then, because why are we discussing the trauma? It's to change the landscape of, of how we exist. And joy has always been core to us um, ancestrally and culturally. Um, in times, in times, it's just, it's resistance. That's just how it exists. And we should, we shouldn't shy away from even in intense times to say actually our presence and our joy is resistance in itself and has a place within black trauma itself. I love yeah, that. I, lo I just, I just want to add like what you said about changing the landscape. Like the fact that we talk about this is for us to get to a point where we're happy we're enjoying life like we're happy with our existence not to always talk about all the the bad things that are happening to us and to just have it, use it as a discussion like is the discussion point is to have like an end result a positive end result not just sitting in neg negativity yeah that makes sense so uh, a couple of things there just to kind of pull those points together one i want to clarify or just to check that when you talk about 2020 for us it's quite obvious what you mean but you do you're referring to the murder of george floyd yeah yes and everything because you know just for the listeners and to make sure that everyone's on the same page yeah. i don't also i to be fair i when i think of like that period of time i don't think of just the murder of george floyd mm -hmm. i also think about the murders that occurred in lagos when yeah. um the nigerian youth were rebelling they were mm -hmm. protesting against um the unfair and brutal treatment that sars police were giving people on the road mm -hmm. and it's so weird that that it's still it's still a thing mm -hmm. and in in a way you're you're kind of removed from it because you don't live there you can only experience it secondhand but that doesn't mean you shouldn't like that that period of time and Deca, this this actually something i wanted i wanted to actually say to you i feel like you being invited into these spaces where normally we would not have a voice to just kind of speak out about you know how we feel about these type of things it's it's genuinely such an opportunity to move in these massive global brands and to be able to say, hey, listen, this is this is what's happening. This is how it feels for us. So what do we do about it going forward? Mm -hmm. Because we didn't always have that opportunity to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, the 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 times that we were brought into these brands to talk I, i'm putting speech speech marks around that to talk about you know what we were going through and you know what's going on in the in the current climate it just felt like it was almost just you know like a a fluff piece to like say look we we did that we you know brought that out and you know but nothing was ever really done mm. about it so the fact that so many brands wanted to work with you and like you know just really get your opinion on this and actually take it into account is actually amazing and and the mm -hmm. thing the thing that really changed is as well it wasn't just the amount it was also the context and mm. i think that's really important to touch on it wasn't people suddenly wanting to understand the trauma it was how can we do better mm. and the how can we do better allowed me to inject 
joy. And at the time, I didn't really contextualize it as joy. Um, it, it allowed me um, a way to, because I had to reframe it because they're, they're asking, how can we do better? And that then can't come in the context of trauma. It has to be positive. So naturally that turns into, okay, this is what black joy looks like, except it was packaged differently. And I think that's, that's a, a beautiful thing that came out of a very, very tragic time. Yeah. yeah. Not what, everyday suffering, you know? Yeah, as we say. So, um, and I think it's good to also contextualize this whole podcast and the idea that where it came from is that uh, Black History Month, the theme for this year is um, time for change, actions, not words. And for a lot of black people, it made sense to talk about black joy because we're so used to talking about black trauma um, or being associated with black trauma yeah. mm-hmm. um, or with trauma. And so we wanted to discuss what black joy is. Um, and uh, Ria, I wanted to ask you as well the, the same question, you know, why is black joy needed? If you wanted to add anything else. Um, well, I guess I just feel like it's needed to release tension, to release that tension and to, it's important for us to basically thrive in any area that we wish to thrive in. Like any kind of um, position that we're in, whether it's like work or hobbies or whatever, friendships, like that kind of trauma can infiltrate in, in any kind of way. And so Black Joy is important for us to, yeah, to just thrive in any space that we feel like we can mm. um and it's it's powerful it's empowering um so i have a question for you then yeah is um well for, for the panel uh, is black joy different to other joy because i'm imagine some people would just be like joy is joy i'm absolutely. human absolutely okay tell me why <laughs> <laughs> black joy is it's a force of it's a force of healing it mm-hmm. heals a lot of because it, it, it heals a lot of generational trauma okay. mm-hmm. it re- that's that's how i feel it, it is let's let's say for example um my my father's an immigrant mm-hmm. uh he came to this country about 40 years ago now he came to this country with a master's degree um and he came uh and he was a kitchen porter with a master's degree mm-hmm. and he found it so difficult to find work um that would allow him to just be where he was and do what he was and i think that really kind of like it traumatized him in the sense that he was very, very particular about what his children mm-hmm. could do school-wise. Like when I told my dad I wanted to go into journalism, the dirty look he gave me <laughs> <laughs> said, there's three things you got to do. You're either going to become a nurse, or you're going to become a lawyer, or you're going to become an engineer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone's experienced that at some point with their parents. Absolutely. And the thing is, yeah, back then when I was when I was younger that age, I, didn't, I, was, I was railing against it because I was like, why can't I do what I want to do? But now... I see it as he wanted me to have something stable in this country where he came to and he didn't have something stable mm-hmm. because he knows that eventually he's he's going to have to leave me and he wants he's going to worry about me mm. and worry that I that I'm stable and I and I and I have like something solid mm. in my background even if I don't um even if I don't use it mm. so honestly speaking it was very healing for me to have a talk with my dad and realize why he wanted me to go into these three pr- professions and nothing else because for him back in his day, those were the three professions where you were respected and you had you made a decent amount of money to support your family. So what I'm hearing is that in some ways, black joy can be found in having like uh, uh, conversations absolutely, you know, um, with different types of people, especially yeah. our elders, our parents and yeah. so on to try and understand them a bit more. Yeah, definitely. 
um, when you're older, like it, you, it makes more sense to you as to why they were a certain way when you were younger. Yeah. Okay. And and I think as well, like when we preface joy with blackness, it it functions as a reminder mm. because if I'm if I'm burnt out, how how useful will I be to the wider movement? Mm. And it becomes really necessary to speak to um, as we are today. And I, and there's a really good quote from Maya Angelou. Um, none of us are none of us are free till till we're all free or something along them lines i might not (laughs) i might not be (laughs) mentioning it exactly but i think that term is really misunderstood because um maya spoke very extensively about joy and as an act of resistance and no one's going to tell me that i'm not free but it's a constant reminder to to keep being free rather than become free Mm -hmm. and if I don't continue to stay free, then I'm not really free. So I'm going to embrace that I'm free and be a constant reminder, not only to others, but to myself to remain free. Yeah. Okay. So as we're going to round up now, because um, we have finger clicking here, which yeah, for those no, of you who are on the spoken word, like, that was a word. <laughs> if you're not on the spoken word scene, that's <laughs> how they clap. Gosh. <laughs> clicking the fingers. Um, as we round up, just to make sure that we do... Um, kind of end up on on joy because I find that with a lot of conversations about blackness we we find ourselves steering towards a trauma. Yeah, I feel like it, it's it's such a cycle like it, it it's hard to separate, it, isn't it? It's hard to separate because mm. it's not like going from like um, point A to point B. Mm. It's a very cyclical thing where you you like because of your black trauma you you have this is now how you experience black tr- joy, but then mm-hmm. you've got like another piece of black joy where it goes back. It just circles quite a lot. So I'm going to circle us back to the black joy and I'm going to ask each of you to tell me um, a way that you experience black joy? For me, it's it's reading and writing. Like I find so much joy, not just reading for myself, but I have two kids and reading with them. It's such a joyous experience. And it's also, I had to think of how do I teach my children about the world at large? Mm. And you have to, you have to do it age appropriately and I realised the best way to do that is through joy and that's that's how I experience joy that's beautiful thank you Decca who's next Ria yeah I'll go um, for me I think it's just constantly being immersed in the culture whether that's like going to music events or poetry gigs and things like that and just like yeah hearing people and hearing their um, hearing how they experience their culture basically I love that and it's just yeah yeah, that. And then also just supporting people around me, whether it's like actors that I know, journalists, mm-hmm. other creatives, just seeing people win, seeing like our people win is such a beautiful experience and a joyful experience in itself. Mm. Um, like Issa Rae, I want to see, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just feeling just makes you, just makes you happy because it just makes you want to, yeah. This yeah, is, is going to actually sound quite shallow in comparison to you two, <laughs> but it's me buying it's like me going out and shopping with like i don't know my sister or something buying a really expensive item and not feeling any shame that i bought it mm, <laughs> I like that. Shame whatsoever because <laughs> it's like before it was like save your money save your money save your money please mm. let me enjoy my money while it's still here and while you're still here exactly yeah. while i'm still here and let's address that note on shallowness let's let's address that we're multi-dimensional beings and black joy doesn't look the same for all of yeah, us so, so your joy is equally as you. valid yeah, as mine you. is yeah i appreciate that <laughs> <A> validation <laughs> um and i'll just find up and say that um for me uh, when i think about joy i literally think about black people laughing because i don't know why we are so extreme when we laugh but it is <laughs> When you when you run away and you come back, why do, <laughs> why do we run when we laugh? I don't 
<laughs> Nothing is worse than when black people it's laugh because... at you. You're just like, oh, the shame. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's because the energy is there it's in your yeah. body and it just and wants to get out in some way. Sometimes there doesn't even need to be words. Two people just look at <laughs> each other. <laughs> At work, you'd be like, "Have oh. you guys, have you guys ever had that? Like, where you're supposed to be doing something serious, and you just look at one of your friends, and no. you, know, you two are looking at the same. You're thinking about the same thing. You just bust out laughing. Yeah. Everyone's looking at you like you're because you're, there are people you're not supposed to look at in those situations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you um, all for joining us. I hope you found it insightful and you could resonate with the points. Um, in the next uh, podcasts that are coming up, we are going to go into more detail about the different manifestations of Black Joy. Um, and also in the last one, we'll talk about black joy at work and what does it mean for everyone. Um, so thank you. Uh, stay safe. And of course, stay joyful. Thank you. Thank you.